Hey guys, it's Rachel here, and I am so excited. I know I say that to you every week, but I'm super excited because I am making a podcast about the most important thing that I do this time of year. It's super tactical. It's something you can apply right now, and it will fundamentally change everything for reals. In fact, I would say it's so important. It's the most important thing I do all year long, not just this time of year. And I wasn't planning to record this episode. I sent a note to my podcast producer this morning. I was like, hey, let me do a new intro and let's rerun my episode about a calendar audit and how to review your year. Let's rerun it because I just want to make sure that the community is really staying focused. This is a really good tool and I, I would like to bring it back every year. And she was like, what are you talking about? You do not have an episode about a calendar audit. And I'm shocked you guys, I'm mortified. I seriously thought this was something that I taught you how to do years ago. So I'm a little sad that I didn't take this out to you beforehand, but my gosh, I am telling you right now, this is the best. This is something that you can do this week or today to help you focus in on the year ahead and make sure that you don't make the same mistakes that you did last year. Now, before I get into my tactics, which are so great, let me just go ahead and offer a little bit of a caveat right here. I said the word mistakes. I'm going to talk about mistakes. I'm going to talk about failures. I'm going to talk about falling off course. I'm going to talk about falling off the wagon. I'm going to talk about all the things. And sometimes when I talk about those things, I get notes and feedback from members of the community who are like, could you use a different word than failure? Could you say something else besides mistake? Because that word is really triggering for me. No, I can't. Because I love you enough to ask you to hold a mirror up to your life. If the word failure is triggering to you, it's because you have created a stigma around the idea. It's because you are, I don't know, trying to be a perfectionist. You're trying to have everything line up perfectly. Failure is a part of life. Failure is a part of achievement, straight up. So it is not something that you should be asking the world to change the vernacular or sort of package up this thing for you in a different way. The challenge should be for you personally. If, if something about talking about mistakes is triggering for you, friend, freaking unpack that. Because your fear of, a, of making a mistake, your fear of failure will keep you from ever doing anything of worth for the rest of your life. So figure it out right now because it's controlling you. Your fear of making a mistake or screwing up or acknowledging the stuff you shouldn't have done in the last 12 months, if you're too afraid to do that, you are never going to improve. I fail all the time. I make mistakes all the time. I feel disappointed in myself like on the regular, because I'm like, ah, oh, dang it, you know what? 
you really lost your temper with your kids or, man, you didn't show up for that in the right way or, dang, I wish that I would have been a better friend in that moment or I wish I would have been more intentional with this time. I recognize it constantly. And because I'm willing to look at my inadequacies, I'm able to improve. I'm able to show up better the next time. So that's what this conversation is about. We're going to review our year. We're going to release what we need to release, and we're going to refocus for the year ahead. Get your freaking hearts ready. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Let's start with where this practice came from because I want to give credit where credit is due. John Maxwell wrote about this. I want to say John wrote about this in 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. If you have never read that book, I want to ask you to put that on your your TBR pile. That's your to-be-read pile. I want to ask you to put that in your TBR pile immediately. 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell is the OG personal development book. It's like the gateway drug. People read that book and then it makes them go, oh my gosh, what else should I read? What else should I bring into my life? What podcast should I listen to? That's really a book that gets a lot of people excited about elevating. And I am super freaking blessed to have John as a real-life mentor and friend But honestly, even before he was my real-life mentor, he was my, like, author mentor. I followed his work and learned lessons from him long before I ever met him in real life. So in that book is when he talks about this idea of doing a calendar audit. And there's so much incredible information in that work, but for some reason in that book, that was, like, the thing that really stuck with me. If you don't know this about me, I am always looking for ways to become better. I believe that one of the things I'm here on this earth to do is figure out a better way to do my life. Like, how can I be a better leader? How can I be a better podcast host? How how can I be better with my health? How can I be better as a parent? Like, I always want to improve. I, I am such a nerd for learning tactics and skills that will help me to have a better life. And when I saw this idea in his book, I was like, gosh, I really want to try that. And I did. This was years ago when I did it for the first time. And it was so freaking powerful, you guys. I'm going to walk you through how I do it. But I just want to tell you my first experience of doing a calendar audit. The first time that I did a calendar audit, I really fell in love with the practice because 
I'm going to be honest, it was the first time that I really did a postmortem on my life. Now, if you're not familiar with the idea of a postmortem, this is something that we do in business all the time. If we have a big project or we have something that we've launched or we spent a bunch of money on or we created something for you guys in the community, we meet up as a team afterwards and we do what's called a postmortem, which is like, okay, we got through this big thing that we invested time and money and energy into. Let's talk about what was great and let's talk about what we could improve for next time and let's talk about what straight up was wrong. I had done that in business a million times. It never occurred to me to do it for my life. And when I did it for my life, I found, frankly, the very first time I did it, I was super disappointed. I was super disappointed with myself because I realized how much time I was wasting on the wrong things. If you, like, okay, are you guys familiar with the 80-20 principle or Pareto's principle? If you're not familiar, look it up. There's a billion books on this topic. I'll just give you a quick, like, 50,000-foot view at the idea of the 80-20 principle. 80-20 is this law of like life and business and results and success that shows again and again and again that 20% of your effort produces 80% of your results. 20% of your customers equate to 80% of your revenue. 20% of the things that you do for your health equal 80% of the results that you see. I'm not perfectly explaining this idea, but basically the gist is you're spending all of this time and energy on all of these things when really only 20% of the stuff you're doing is actually giving you results. If you can focus in tighter and tighter on the things that are just your 20% and you just focused on those, imagine the exponential growth you would see in your life. Imagine what that would do to your revenue if you're a business owner. Imagine what that would do to your sales if you're a salesperson. Like, imagine what that would do for your relationship. If you can hone in on the 20% effort that actually freaking matters, your results explode. But the thing is, you're never going to be able to figure out what your 20% is or what your 80%, like, what you're wasting 80% of your time doing that doesn't matter if you don't do a postmortem on your life. And that's what the calendar audit is. So the first part of this practice is the review. If you want to do a calendar audit, super freaking simple if you have kept track of all of your meetings. So that's probably where we have to start. As someone with a really busy schedule, everything is in my calendar. This is a calendar audit. So you have to be able to look at your calendar for the last year. If you don't have that, if you don't have your calendar, if you don't have all your meetings, number one, as you move into the new year, do that favor for yourself. Because if you're not organized enough to have your life scheduled in that way, my guess is that you get to the end of the day or the end of the week or maybe you're at the end of this year and you feel like, I don't even know what I did. 
like, I know I worked hard. I know I feel exhausted right now. I don't even know where I had traction. I don't even know. I don't even know the year I just lived. I'm going to walk y'all through this as if you also have your calendar organized like I have mine. And if you don't, hopefully me just talking about it will spark some ideas for you to review. Maybe you review it, you know, by journaling and you just sort of think back through the months. But I'm going to tell you how I do it. Step number one is I choose a day between Christmas and New Year's. And I really do choose an entire day because it takes hours to review everything I have done in the last year. And then I like to end that day refocusing, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. But I choose a day between Christmas and New Year's. I set it up so that I have childcare, I have a plan so that I can really do this. This is a sacred practice in my life. I geek out. I get so excited. And I have notebook and journal entries going back years with this practice inside of it, which is so cool. So I choose a day, and then I get my spiral-bound notebook. I, I, I would say you could do this in any paper, but I really like the idea of keeping track of these things. So I would suggest that you do this in a notebook where you have where, – well, you'll be able to keep it. I wouldn't do it on loose paper. And I also don't believe in typing things like this out. I think it's important to write it out. I believe you guys hear me say this quite a lot. But when we write things down, we're using multiple modalities. We're using – our consciousness to think of what we want to say. We're using our motor skills to write it down. There's sort of the textile of like touching paper and holding a pen. It just, it's going to keep you so much more present in that moment than sort of mindlessly typing something into a computer or a phone. So I get my notebook, I get my pen, I get in a good state. Like I like to do this after I work out. So I'm feeling energized and excited and a lot of times I get like my favorite coffee, like it's a whole moment. And then I open up my calendar. Now, I am not fancy here. I'm sure there's all sorts of great calendar apps. I just use Google Calendar. And I start with January, like I'll do it this year, and I'll start with January of 2020. And I will literally go through every single day of the entire year. And I will put every single thing into one of two categories. I have a page in my notebook that says great use of time. And I have a page in my notebook that says wasted time, money, or energy. So it's like great use of time, waste of time. And then I go through every single appointment in my year and I put them into one of those two categories. Now, before I dig into that, let me just tell you one more thing I do as I audit my calendar. I didn't do this the first year, but I added it in later. And I want to tell you, I feel like every like time I talk to you guys, I say that something is life-changing. But this really was a huge deal for me. So the first year I did this, I was just putting things into this like, great use of time. And when I say great use of time, those things have to have pushed me closer to my goals. 
They have to have pushed me closer to my core values. They have to have pushed me closer to the person I want to be. So the things that fall in that category could be like awesome meetings I had or projects that I did, or they could be that I took my kids to the movies or that we made cookies, right? Like it doesn't have to be these big audacious like, oh, you wrote a book. It can be things that make me feel like I'm the person that I want to be. So the very first year I did this, I had those two categories. And honestly, the things that I felt like had pushed me closer to my goals, the list was really short. And the things that had wasted time, money, or energy was like five pages. And I looked at that list and I wanted to cry. And as an entrepreneur and a dreamer, I know, I I hadn't done calendar audits before, but I know that I had, would have had a list like that going back a decade if I had done this that long. Like, I know that if I had done this for a decade, I would have just a hundred pages of wasted time, money, and energy. Because as a dreamer, I get really excited about a project And I'm also really creative and I love to brainstorm with people. And if someone tells me their idea, I would also get excited and be like, oh my gosh, and what if we did this? And what if we did that? And I would get sidetracked so easily. And so when I did this audit, I looked at that list and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got five pages of just waste. And that was a super bummer. And I'll dig into that in a minute. But what I want to tell you is when I saw that list, I felt really disappointed in myself. And I felt disappointed because it was the end of the year and I had just, I mean, worked myself to death. I had, I was exhausted. I didn't have energy. I was feeling burnout. And to have worked that hard And to know that you wasted your efforts, to know that you wasted, oh my gosh, how much money I wasted on like ideas and projects that didn't pan out. I was really bummed out. And I thought, man, did I do anything like for me? In all this year, did I do anything for me? This was years ago. And so I thought, I'm going to actually go back quickly one more time. I'm going to review this year. And I, I opened a new page and I put, at the top of that page, I put living the good life. <laughs> That's what I called it. And I made a list. I said, okay, Rach, what do you think is when you do these things, this is your definition of living a good life? Because I thought, man, okay, you wasted this time and money and energy, but at least if you've lived a good life in here in certain moments, if you've practiced self-care, if you've gotten to do some fun things, then that sort of evens out this waste. And so the things on my list at the time, and and many of these are, are very similar today, but at the time I remember that I was like, getting a massage was a huge deal for me. It was always like a big perk when I like splurged and got a massage. Going to dinner going to dinner with my friends or going to dinner with Dave at the time and like having really yummy dinners that were like multi-courses and I was really specific in my details. So getting to go to a fun dinner, 
traveling, getting to travel to like cool places and go on vacation. I'm trying to think of what else was on the list. I don't have my notebook. Um, Massages, dinner with friends, travel. I want to say therapy was on there. And I'm spacing on what the other one is. If you've ever heard me talk about my joy list, this was sort of like pre-joy list. But now if I was doing this, it would be things on my joy list. Anyway, so I'm going through the calendar and I just wanted to put a tally mark next to any time that I had done one of these things that made me feel like I was living a good life, like I was, you know, celebrating and enjoying my life. And that very first year I went through and I was so bummed. I mean, all that work, all that effort, all that wasted time, money, energy. And I had like three things. And maybe, I don't know how this sounds to you guys, but if I if I could look at that list of wasted, let's just say money, like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much money in my business on these things. Like I wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on projects that never panned out, on stuff I should never have done. Like I should have slowed down. I should have not gotten so excited. I wasted so much money over here. And yet 12 months went by. I want to say at the time it was like $100 to get a massage back in the day, which is a lot of money. But if you wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on something stupid and you look at your year and you're like, you got two massages in 12 months. So you spent $200 on a massage, but you could waste 30 grand on stupid things in your business. That made me feel so disappointed because I was like, Rach, a freaking massage, if you got a massage once a month for 12 months, it was $1,200. But you wasted 30000 on stupid things in your business. And it just was like such an eye-opening moment for me of like, I am working so hard. And I'm talking right now to the entrepreneurs. Because if you're not an entrepreneur, you might hear me say like, oh my gosh, you wasted $30,000. You're like, what is going on? What are you even talking about? That's insane. But in a business where you're making at the time, if I was making a million dollars in revenue, 30000 super freaking bummer to realize that you wasted that much money. But like it's all relative. Anyway, when I look at that, it was so eye-opening for me to go and, 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 and follow, track this with me, you guys, because even if you're an entrepreneur, I think this is going to make sense to you. I looked at it and I thought, you're working so hard. You're busting butt, you're, you're running yourself into the ground to create a business that will give you, quote unquote, the good life, but you have the money for the things that you, you believe are the good life and you're, you're blowing it on stupid crap for your business. It's this idea of like, oh, I'm going to do these things for someday. Someday I'm going to be able to slow down and take a vacation. Someday I'm going to be able to splurge and get my get a pedicure. Someday I'm going to be able to have these things, but I got to be over here hustling to do this stuff so that someday I can live the life. When in reality, if I'd ever just looked, it's like, holy crap, you already have the ability to live the good life as you see it, and you're blowing it, you're blowing these resources on things that don't freaking matter. But until I did this audit, I was never able to look at my life like that. So 
I want to challenge you to do a calendar audit this year, to sit down and go through every single thing that you did and put it into great use of time, got me closer to the person I want to be and the goals that I have, waste of time, money, or energy, and then have another page where you write out what is your definition of living a good life. And this is not like a great cup of coffee, uh, you know, I love that stuff. You know, I love that stuff. I live every single day so blessed and so content and so grateful because I am just brimming with joy over really tiny things. But when I'm talking about this idea, these are like elevated moments. You know, you got to get the cool thing, you know, I don't know, maybe you wanted a new phone or maybe you wanted to like help your mom pay off her debt, or maybe you wanted to be able to buy a new sofa. I don't know. But just things to you that feel like your definition of living the good life. And as you go through your calendar, any time that you see that just little tally under your things that make you feel like you're taking care of yourself and you're living a great life. When you do this review... I'm going to ask you to do two things. So first, you're going to go through the entire year with no judgment. Don't second guess yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Just get through so you can see what the results are. What do we have in this category? What do we have in this category? How many times did we do something cool? And please know that when I did this for the first time, I had like 10 things on my great use of time and 100 things on my waste of time and three on my living a good life. And this matters. We're doing this for a reason. If you review your year in this way, then you can set yourself up for the next year with success, which I'll get to in a minute. But once you review the calendar, the first thing that you are going to do, the first thing is celebrate your freaking wins. Celebrate them. Seriously. We are so hard on ourselves, you guys. We are so hard. And it feels like no matter what we do, it's never enough, right? And because we don't celebrate ourselves and we don't acknowledge the awesome stuff that we did this year and the effort we put in to get us closer to our goals, your nervous system is not wired to want to keep putting effort in. It's why you get burnout. It's why you don't have energy. It's why you've lost the joy and the passion for this thing that you used to be really excited about. Because you don't acknowledge it. Your subconscious like, damn, girl, it doesn't matter if I do good things or crappy things. You're going to be disappointed either way. We've got to learn to celebrate our wins. So when you look at that list of things that were a great use of your time, dude, if, there, if there's one on the list in 12 months, I want you to celebrate like, okay, right? Look at this one thing I did. Also, I lived through a freaking global pandemic, right? Also, I had to approach life, my children's education, my business, my work, my interactions with family in a totally different way, and I am still standing, yay, me, right? Whatever it is, acknowledge what you have done. Once you have celebrated what you have done, once you have become present, in your success this year, the second thing that I want you to do is to look at the things that were a waste of time, money, and energy. Now, when you look at this list, I'm going to be honest, when I look at this list, especially that first year, holy crap, 
I was so disappointed in myself. I was so disappointed. It was like so much self-recrimination. I really had never taken an honest look at my life and my business that way before, and I felt disappointed. So when you look at that list, I want you to be graceful with yourself, right? You did the best you could with the information you had and the resources available to you. Good guess, right? You did the best you could in that moment. That was what you could do, and we know it, and we're acknowledging it, and we're being honest about it so that we won't repeat the mistakes in the future. So be graceful with yourself as you look at that list, number one. And number two, this is really important. I want you to look at the list and I want you to see if there are patterns here. Of these things where you wasted time, money, or energy, was there a pattern? So from my perspective, a lot of times when I get to the end of the year and I review stuff and I'll say, that was a freaking waste of time. If I look for a pattern, the pattern throughout those moments where I wasted time was when I was doing someone else's agenda for me. My team wanted me to do something or uh, uh, something popped up on my calendar and I went to the meeting without asking for clarification on what it was for or why I was involved. Oftentimes when I feel like I have wasted time, it's because other people have asked me to participate in something that I'm not leading out on. And if I participate and I don't have clarity on why I'm being pulled in, I am getting so far away from my 20%. I am incredibly clear about what are the things that only I can do. Like only I can record this podcast for you guys. Nobody, you know, 30 employees, nobody on my team can record this podcast. It's Rachel Hall's podcast, Right. But lots of people on my team could sit in on that meeting. Lots of people on my team could come up with a process. Lots of people on my team could come up with a marketing plan, right? So if I get pulled into other people's agendas because it would be helpful for them if I was there or my energy's bomb and they want me in the room, I get it. It's super fun. I want to be around me too. P.S. If you are not living your life in a way where you want to be around you, why would anybody else? I digress. Okay, back to it. When the team pulls me in on things, or think of it this way, maybe you're a mom and like, you know, the PTA asks you to do something or the church wants you to do something, you're being pulled in to other people's agendas is typically when I feel like I'm wasting time because I know what it is I want to do and I know the efforts that I should be putting in. So when I review the year, I'm like, yep, that's when I wasted time. When I wasted energy, the pattern that I could see was that I often waste energy when I get excited about someone else's idea and I start following it down a rabbit trail like, oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. And I get to the end of the year and I'm like, holy crap, you spent so much time coming up with ideas to help someone else's vision that you completely lost traction on your own. And this is really powerful when we talk about the idea of refocusing because I call my shot at the beginning of every single year and I review those shots at six months in so that I can make sure I don't get to the end of a year and be like, dang, I wasted all this energy on other people's ideas. And let me just say this to you. The more successful you become, the more ideas other people have for what you should be doing. 
The more successful you become, the more people want to take part in your success and expand on it and be in it. And it doesn't matter if you're like, you wrote your first book or you're just doing, you know, tiny moves in your community, like you're just starting to make waves. When we become successful, other people pay attention and they want to be around that energy, which is amazing. Like you're putting out the kind of energy into the world that other people are like, hey, how do I partner with you? What do I do? But I remember in 2018, after Girl, Wash Your Face exploded, freaking everybody wanted to do business. And I'm not being a douchebag. I am not like name dropping. I'm just telling you people I never thought would talk to me in a million years, people I thought there's no way they know my name, everybody was calling. Everybody. Because they were like, oh, what's this chick doing? She's making waves. Like, let me be a part of that. And I didn't know better. And I was excited. I'm like, I can't believe these people want to have a phone call with me, or I can't believe these people want me to talk on their stage, or I can't believe. And so I was just like, yes, 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 I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this thing. And I got to not just 2018, but even into 2019, and I fully lost sight of my own agenda and my own dreams and and my own goals for my life because I was so excited being pulled into other people's spheres. So I would just say, be conscious of that. Be thoughtful of that. If you are experiencing success, other people want to be a part of it. And that's awesome if those people who want to be a part of what you're doing are vibrating at your same frequency. But that's not often the case. And sometimes we can't see it until it's too late. So when I lose energy, it's because oftentimes the pattern I can see is I get pulled into other people's dreams and visions. The last one is money. When I have wasted money in business, it is always because I'm moving too fast. It is always because I am not being intentional the way that I want to be. It's always because I get excited and I'm rushing to do something. I feel like it has to be done tomorrow. I feel like, oh, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be gorgeous? Wouldn't that be amazing? And I always look back and I'm like, yep, you wasted a crap ton of money doing that thing. So when you review the things that were a waste, I just want you to ask yourself if there are patterns there. Because if you can recognize the pattern, then you'll see it when it pops up again. Then you'll be like, oh, this is that thing. Remember, we get excited because someone wants us to do something. And so we have to learn to say no. Lastly, the idea of living a good life is, remember I did it that first time and I looked through and it was like, oh my gosh, you only have three things. Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm like, I'm excited. This is the simplest tactic I'm ever going to give you and it is so freaking good, for real. If you use Google Calendar, like I use Google Calendar, maybe you can do this in other programs, I don't know, but in Google Calendar, there's like 10 colors, maybe 12. I have a different color assigned to a different, don't roll your eyes at me, but like the different mindset or energy that is required for that thing. So I have, if a meeting is with someone on my internal team, it's one color. If a meeting is with someone external, it's a different color. If a meeting is, or if something on my calendar is press, it's a certain color. If it's something for my kids, it's a certain color. Like every single thing 
in my calendar is color-coded, not just because I've got a little OCD happening in me, but because I can look at my calendar for a week and at a glance, I know what is expected of me that day. I know what mindset is expected of me. So for instance, podcast recordings are purple. So this morning, I looked at my calendar. I've got this podcast recording and another one coming up. I'm like, oh, you've got two purples. So you need to have high energy. You need to be focused. You need to be prepared. I know immediately what something is. Here's why this is the most powerful and why I started doing it was because I thought I need to be able to look at a month or a week and see where I'm living the good life. So for me, living the good life, I'm using air quotes, on my calendar is yellow. And my rule for myself after that very first time I did a calendar audit was if you look at your calendar and you don't see yellow, that the, at the very beginning I was just like, I just want one yellow thing a week. If I don't see one yellow thing a week, I'm, I am living my life wrong. And for me, remember, like, yellow is therapy. Yellow is maybe getting a manicure. Yellow is, I mean, I'll tell you today, yellow is all sorts of things. But when I first started, it was just a handful. And it was just a really easy thing for me to say, do you have any yellow? And if I didn't, I was like, okay, well, how can we get some yellow? And at the time, I didn't have as much financial resources as I have today. So yellow might be like, oh, I'm going to go get coffee with beans because hanging out with my friends is me living the good life. But if I'm not intentional about it, the week goes by and I don't have it. And if the week goes by, then the month goes by and I don't want to get to the end of the year again and not have done these things. So now I can tell you when I look at my week, I probably have four things on my week that are my definition of living a good life and taking care of myself. Because a big part of what I, I think I've told you guys this before, the thing I spend the most money on, I did that podcast with Jay Shetty, and he said, if you really want to know what someone values, look at their calendar and their bank account. And if you look at my calendar and my bank account, you will see that what I spend the most money on is my health. Therapy, a massage, stretching, gym equipment for my garage, horseback riding lessons, like all of these things that are about my health are my yellow, especially in COVID times. Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I got a Pilates reformer this year, which was a big financial investment for me. But that is something I use four times a week. So I'm like, no, I would rather all freaking day spend money taking care of my health than having nice shoes. Like we all have our values. That's one of mine. So anyway, that was really powerful for me because I could just look at a glance and know, am I living the kind of life that I want to live? So the first step I told you is review. The second thing is to release, okay? When you look back on this year, inevitably you're going to remember like, oh, February was when I broke up with my boyfriend or May was when I had that fight with my sister or, you know, July was when I got laid off. When you're reviewing that year, it's really important before we get into the idea of planning the next one, 
that you release what was. Release what was disappointing. Release what you're frustrated about. Release those things that you're carrying that negative emotion with you into your present and your future. So when I'm saying release, I'm not talking about super painful experiences because there's stuff in life that we will carry with us forever. The loss of a loved one, like you're going to carry that with you forever. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say release, I mean like the idea of that's not fair. I mean, I should have done. I mean, if only this had gone this way. Like what happened, happened. You obsessing about it or wishing it was different isn't going to serve you in what comes next. You will not thrive in the next year carrying around baggage from the last one, okay? So a great way to do this is to journal. You guys are like, stop telling us to freaking journal. No, I'm going to tell you to journal all day because it's something everybody can do. Doesn't matter where you are in the world. Doesn't matter how much money you have. We can all journal. So grab a notebook, grab a pen, and here are a few prompts that you could use to process what you need to let go of. So these are the start of a sentence. You could just keep writing after this line. So the first one is, when I think about the last year, I'm really disappointed that, or when I think about the last year, I really wish that I, or the things that felt the hardest over the last several months are, and then stream of consciousness. Like, don't think about it. Don't question it. Write as fast as you can. And my advice when we're journaling is always to set a time limit of at least 30 minutes. Because the reality is you're going to start journaling and you're going to run out of stuff to talk about after six minutes. But if you know that you have to sit there for half an hour, a few more minutes go by and you'll start writing again. And I have found that like the good stuff, the stuff I really needed to process is what I write down after I thought I didn't have anything left to say. And you got, y'all, like, you can destroy this paper when you're done if you want to. Like, but just be real. Just acknowledge the disappointment. Just acknowledge the hurt. Just acknowledge the things you wish you would have done and didn't. Like, we started out this conversation by saying, like, we have to be able to look at the things we don't want to repeat in the coming year. Once you have acknowledged those feelings, I want you to review those pages that you just wrote through the lens of the serenity prayer. If you're not familiar with the serenity prayer, it says, Lord, grant me the wisdom to change the things I cannot accept, to accept the things I cannot change, and for the wisdom to know the difference. So I want you to review those pages of what you need to release through that lens. Look at the list and say, what are the things that I cannot accept? Like, I did these things. I cannot accept that. I will do better. And then make a plan to change the things you cannot accept. Then allow yourself to release the things you cannot change. Finally, pray for the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Lastly, the last R. So we did review, release, 
refocus. In order for you to refocus and get ready for the next year, you must be intentional. You must have a plan. That's why we don't just review to sort of go, okay, that happened and leave it there. We review so that we can come up with what do we want to do better? What is the plan? What are we going to do from here? What, where are we going? What's happening? I typically use that like two-thirds of the day I spend reviewing my calendar, and then the last third of the day is when I start to think about what are the goals that I want for the year ahead. Now, if you don't know this, if you want to make a plan for the new year, if you're like, okay, this was awesome, I need, like, let's go, let's create the plan, let's get freaking pumped, let's be strategic, what are we doing, how are we getting there? If that's you, if you're that energy level, at the end of January, January 27th, I am doing life coaching one time only. If you're with me in 2019, I did life coaching every single month. 20,000 people all over the world. It was freaking awesome. It was also a ton. It was just so much. Oh my gosh, it was so much uh, for me. So I didn't do it in 2020. So I'm doing one time, no plans to do it in the future, but I'm doing life coaching on January 27th. It's two hours of live life coaching, meaning you're in a, a platform that we use. So you're with you know, students all over the world, super rad, and it's live. So I'm in chat role with you. So I'm teaching you guys. It's like a video course. It comes with a PDF workbook that you print out. Like we're planning the whole freaking year. But as I'm teaching two hours of live coaching, as I'm teaching, you're like, people are commenting. They're asking questions. I'm interacting with you live. It's super fun. It was always really awesome. And I created it. I didn't ever think I'd do it again, honestly, but so many people have asked and so many members of my community were really struggling coming out of 2020 and feeling really lost and kind of adrift and do I even make plans like should I make plans in 2021 we don't even know what's happening and yes you should make freaking plans because you are not in control of life you have never been in control of life that's not because of a pandemic that's because of reality the only thing you have ever been in control of is yourself and your reaction to what is happening around you. So yes, you should have a plan for 2021. If anything, you're like you're set. We know what to anticipate. We know what it looks like to be in quarantine. We know how things adjust like we have some information now. So yes, you should create a plan for your life and your business. So if you're interested in doing that with me, we will put the link in the show notes. You can check it out on thehollisco.com. You're going to see me talking about it for the next month. It's not for everybody because I know not everybody is as intentional and hardcore and planner as I am. But if you're at that level and you freaking geek out over this kind of thing, come hang out with me end of January life coaching. We're creating a plan for 2021. And for my entrepreneurs up in here, I'm doing business coaching on, I think it's February 3rd. So those are, the, those are my only planned live coaching events for the year, but we're excited. It's going to be awesome. If you have a business, if you have a life, one of those might be for you. But the bottom line is you have to be intentional with what you want. You have to. Because if you... I say this all the time. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And there are plenty of people who got to the end of this year and are like, what the hell just happened? Right? Lots of people, maybe you, are like, I survived. 
I survived. I made it through. I survived. I can tell you with pride, I'm going to say with pride, that I did not survive 2020. I thrived. And that's freaking saying something when three months of this year, I struggled to get out of bed because I was deep in the midst of divorce. And honestly, the only time that I was functioning was when I had to, when the kids were with me and not with their dad, and when I had to show up for my team at work. But the rest of the time, I was on the floor. So for me to be sitting here with you with this energy and this joy and this freaking gratitude for my life, for these little moments, for like I was driving, uh, dropping the kids off at school and like song, I like a bunch of songs from my, like when I was in middle school, came, I was like, what is happening? Like I just, I have so much energy. I have so much joy for my life. Not because my life is perfect because there are so many parts of it that are jacked right now. But I made the decision that I would be intentional with how I showed up. I made the decision that I would not get to the end of this year without feeling like I was thriving. And I am. I am. Not because of external things, but because of internally, because of the joy I carry in my heart, because of my sense of purpose, because of the passion that I bring to getting to do this work with you and getting to like getting to be the mom. Of, I can't even believe how lucky I am to be the mom of my kids. Like I just, what? I'm so freaking blessed. And I live every single day with that intentionality. And because I choose that intention, it is true for me. It is real. So do not buy into the myth and the BS that, oh, I'm just going to wait until, you know, I'm just going to wait until this whole COVID thing is over. Are you freaking kidding me? We don't know when that's going to be. If you're still saying like, oh, I'm just going to wait till this is done before I start making plans, those like... Everyone was just saying, oh, I was going to wait to the end. Once 2020 is over, then I'm going to be fine. Like, when is it going to be the right day for you to take hold of your life? Y'all, this is it. You get one chance, one freaking chance to do this life. And guess what? In part of your life, in part of the span of all of the years of your life, you had to live through a global pandemic. That's real. Okay, That's a piece of your story. And you could use that as this thing that anchors you to the earth and you can make excuses and you can say why you couldn't get ahead and why all these things happened to you. Or you can decide that you are going to take control of the only two things you have ever been in control of, your attitude and your effort. This is your chance to show up. And I I hope that you want to come hang out with me and do coaching, but freaking go watch YouTube videos. Go read books. There's like a million things that you could do for free to help you plan out the year ahead. But please, please don't go into this year without a plan. Okay, guys. I hope that that was helpful. I hope that you got even just like one great idea in the things that I talked about. If you like this episode, please, please, please share it on social. Take a screenshot. Put it in your stories on Insta or Facebook. Like tell people, hey, This is a good podcast. You should go listen to it. 
If you are not already subscribed, please subscribe. It's super helpful to any podcast that you love if you subscribe to the show so you get an, a little alert when we post a new episode every week. The show is always free, always, always. My only ask is just that you tell other people about the work that we're doing here in this community. I hope you had awesome holidays. I hope, I freaking hope with my whole heart this is gonna be your best year ever. I love you guys and I am rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.